of line and form chapter one of line and form by walter crane this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. chapter one origin and function of outline silhouette definition of boundaries by power of characterization by formation of letters methods of drawing in line the progressive method the calligraphic method the tentative method the japanese direct brush method the oval method the rectangular method quality of line linear expression of movement textures emotion scale of linear expression outline one might say is the alpha and omega of art it is the earliest mode of expression among primitive peoples as it is with the individual child and it has been cultivated for its power of characterization and expression and as an ultimate test of draftsmanship by the most accomplished artists of all time the old fanciful story of its origin in the work of a lover who traced in charcoal the boundary of the shadow of the head of his sweetheart as cast upon the wall by the sun and thus obtained the first profile portrait is probably more true in substance than in fact but it certainly illustrates the function of outline as the definition of the boundaries of form as children we probably perceive forms in nature defined as flat shapes of color relieved upon other colors or flat fields of light on dark as a white horse is defined upon the green grass of a field or a black figure upon a background of snow to define the boundaries of such forms becomes the main object in early attempts at artistic expression the attention is caught by the edges the shape of the silhouette which remains the paramount means of distinction of form when details and secondary characteristics are lost as the outlines of mountains remain or are even more clearly seen when distance subdues the details of their structure and evening mists throw them into flat planes one behind the other and leave nothing but the delicate lines of their edges to tell their character we feel the beauty and simplicity of such effects in nature we feel that the mind through the eye resting upon these quiet planes and delicate lines receives a sense of repose and poetic suggestion which is lost in the bright noontide with all its wealth of glittering detail sharp cut in light and shade there is no doubt that this typical power of outline and the value of simplicity of mass were perceived by the ancients notably the ancient egyptians and the greeks who both in their own ways in their art show a wonderful power of characterization by means of lines and mass and a delicate sense of the ornamental value and quality of line regarding line the use of outline from the point of view of its value as a means of definition of form and fact its power is really only limited by the power of draftsmanship at the command of the artist 
from the archaic potter's primitive figures or the rudimentary attempts of children at human or animal forms up to the most refined outlines of a greek vase painter or say the artist of the dream of polypheus the difference is one of degree the tyro with the pen learning to write splotches and scratches and painfully forms trembling limping o's and a's till with practice and habitude almost unconsciously the power to form firm letters is acquired writing after all is but a simpler form of drawing and we know that the letters of our alphabet were originally pictures or symbols the main difference is that writing stops short with the acquisition of the purely useful power of forming letters and words and is seldom pursued for the sake of its beauty or artistic qualities as formerly while drawing continually leads on to new difficulties to be conquered to new subtleties of line and fresh fascinations in the pursuit of distinction and style the practice of forming letters with the pen or brush from good types roman and gothic however would afford very good preliminary practice to a student of line and form the hand would acquire directness of stroke and touch while the eye would grow accustomed to good lines of composition and simple constructive forms the progressive nature of writing the gradual building up of the forms of the letters and the necessity of dealing with recurring forms and lines also would bear usefully upon after work in actual design albert durer in his geometrica gives methods on which to draw the roman capitals and also the black letters building the former upon the square and its proportions the thickness of the down strokes being one-eighth of square the thin strokes being one-sixteenth and the seraphs being turned by circles of one-fourth and one-eighth diameter the capital o it will be noted is formed of two circles struck diagonally letters may be taken as the simplest form of definition by means of line they have been reduced through centuries of use from their primitive hieroglyphic forms to their present arbitrary and fixed types though even these fixed types are subject to the variation produced by changes of taste and fancy but when we come to unformulated nature to the vast world of complex forms ever changing their aspect full of life and movement trees flowers woods and waters birds beasts fishes the human form the problem how to represent any of these forms to express and characterize them by means of so abstract a method as line drawing seems at first difficult enough but since the growth of perception like the power of graphic representation is gradual and partial though progressive the eye and the mind are generally first impressed with the salient features and leading characteristics of natural forms just as the child's first idea of a human form is that of a body with four straight limbs with a preponderating head that is the first impression and it is unhesitatingly recorded in infantine outline the first aim then in drawing anything in line 
is to grasp the general truths of form character and expression there are various methods of proceeding in getting an outline of any object or figure to begin with the student might begin progressively defining the form by a series of stages in this way take the profile of a bird for instance the form might be gradually built up by the combination of a series of lines or take the simpler form of a flask bottle or a jar on the same principle or simpler still a leaf form putting in the stem first with one stroke and building the form around it this might be termed the calligraphic method of drawing and in this method facility of hand might be further practiced by attempting the definition of forms by continuous strokes or by building it up by as few strokes as possible the simpler types of ornament consisting of meandering and flowing lines can all be produced in this way that is by continuous line as well as natural forms treated in a certain abstract or conventional way which adapts them to decoration another method is to sketch in lightly guidelines for main masses building a sort of scaffolding of light lines to assist the eye in getting the correct outline in its place using vertical center lines for symmetrical forms to get the pose right this is the method very generally in use but i think it very desirable to practice direct drawing as well to acquire certainty of eye and facility of hand and one must not find failure at first as this kind of power and facility is so much a matter of practice the japanese who draw with a brush have accustomed themselves to draw in a direct manner without any preliminary sketching and the charm of their work is largely owing to that crisp freshness of touch only possible to their direct method the great object is to establish a perfectly intimate correspondence between eye and hand so that the latter will record what the former perceives abundant specimens of the freedom and naturalism of the modern school of japanese artists in this direct brush method may be found in the work of berry hiroshigi and hokusai and in the numerous prints and books of designs from their hands to all draftsmen and designers they are most valuable to study for their direct method and simple means of expression of form and fact accidental as they frequently seem in composition the placing of the drawing upon the paper is carefully considered before starting and this of course is always a very important point yet another method of drawing more especially in relation to the drawing of the human figure and animal forms i may mention as a help to those who do not feel strong enough for the direct method at the same time it must be borne in mind that we can accustom ourselves to any method and the more dependent we become upon a single method the less facility we shall have for working in any other but for all that it is desirable to master one method that is to be able to draw in line freely in one way or another and experience and practice alone will enable us to find the method most satisfactory
this other method is to block in the principal masses of the forms we desire to represent by means of a series of ovals as shown in the illustration and when we have got the masses in their proper relations to proceed to draw in the careful outline of the figure or whatever it may be upon this substructure of guiding lines correcting as we go along it would be quite possible to work on the same principle but upon a structure of more or less rectangular masses the real use of the method is to assist the student to get a grasp of the relation of the masses of a figure and a sense of structure in drawing whether square or oval blocking in is used may be a matter of choice it may be said for the oval forms that they resemble the contours of the structure in human and animal forms if one had a tendency to round one's forms too much it would be well to try the rectangular method to correct this and vice versa after a certain facility has been acquired in rendering form by means of line we shall perceive further capacities of expression in its use and begin to note how different characteristics of form and natural fact may be expressed by varying the quality of our outline if we are drawing a plant or a flower for instance we should endeavor to show by the quality of our line the difference between the fine springing curves in the structure of the lily the solid seed center and stiff radiation of the petals of the daisy and the delicate silky folds of the poppy but as leaves come before flowers it would be best to begin with leaf forms and try to express the character of oak and beech lime and chestnut leaves for instance by means of outline probably at first we shall feel dissatisfied with our outline as not being full enough it may look meager in quality and small in definition of form this probably arises from not allowing enough space from setting the outline too much within the boundary of the form to correct this one cannot do better than block in the form of the object we are drawing leaf flower or figure with a full brush in black silhouette placing the object against the light or white paper so that its true boundary may be seen uninterfered with by surface markings or shadows and concentrating our attention upon the edge follow it as carefully as possible with the solid black then if we compare the result with our outline it will help to show where it has failed and the practice of thus blocking in with the brush in solid silhouette will tend to encourage a larger style of drawing since good outline means good perception of mass and as a general principle in drawing it may be recommended to place one's outline outside the silhouette boundary of the form rather than within it that is to say when the figure or object is relieved in light against dark as the line in that case defines the edge against the background when the figure or object appears as dark upon a light ground however the outline should be within the silhouette obviously or its delicate boundary is lost another important attribute of line is its power of expressing or suggesting movement 
by a law of inseparable association undulating lines approaching the horizontal or leading down to it are connected with the sense of repose whereas broken curves and rectangular lines always suggest action and unrest or the resistance to force of some kind the recurrence of a series of lines in the same direction in a kind of crescendo or wave-like movement suggests continuous pressure of force in the same direction as in this series of instantaneous actions of a man bowling where the line drawn through or touching the highest points in each figure takes the line of the curve of a wave the wave line indeed may be said not only to suggest movement but also to describe its direction and force it is in fact the line of movement the principle may be seen in a simpler way as hogarth points out in his analysis of beauty by observing the line described along a wall by the head of a man walking along the street or as we may see sometimes near the coast trees exposed to the constant pressure of the wind illustrate this recurrence of lines in the same direction governing their general shape and as each tree is forced to spread in the direction away from the wind the effect is that of their being always struggling against its pressure even in the calmest weather and this is entirely due to our association of wind movement with this peculiar linear expression flowing water again is expressed by certain recurring wave lines which remind us of the ancient linear symbols of the zigzag and meander used from the earliest times to express water in the streams that channel the sands of the seashore when the tide recedes we may see beautiful flowing lines sometimes crossing like a network and sometimes running into a series of shell-like waves while the sands themselves are ribbed and channeled and mottled by the recurring movement of the waves which leave upon them the impress and the expression of their motion much as in a more delicate medium the air currents impress the fields of cloud and gives them their characteristic forms textures and surfaces too fall within the range of linear expression one would naturally use lines of totally different consistency and character to express rough or smooth surfaces to express the difference of value for instance between the ivory-like smoothness of an egg and the scaly surface of a pine cone entirely different qualities of line are obviously wanted the firm set yet soft feathers of the plumage of a bird must be rendered by a very different touch from the shining scales of a fish the hair and horns of animals delicate human features flowers the sinuous lines of thin drapery or the broad massive folds of heavy robes all demand from the designer and draftsman in line different kinds of suggestive expression a translation or rendering of natural fact subordinate to the artistic purpose of his work and in relation to the material and purpose for which he works then again when we come to the expression of ideas of thought and sentiment we find in line an abstract but direct medium for their illustration 
and this again too by means of that law of inseparable association which connects the idea of praise or aspiration and ascension for instance with long lines inclining towards the severe vertical as when we draw a figure with upraised hands while the feeling might be increased if led up to or re-echoed by other groups or objects in the composition forming a kind of vertical crescendo on the same principle which we were considering in regard to the expression of lateral movement few things in design are finer or more elevated in feeling than william blake's design of the morning stars singing together in the series of the book of job yet it is little more than a vertical arrangement of figures with uplifted and intercrossing arms the linear plan gives the main impetus to the expressiveness of the design and is the basis of the beauty which culminates in the rapture of the fresh youthful faces bowed and bent lines tending downwards on the other hand convey the opposite ideas of dejection and despair this is illustrated in these figures of flaxman's who was a great master of style in outline we seem here to discover a kind of scale of linear expression the two extremes at either end the horizontal and the vertical with every degree and modulation between them the undulating curve giving way to the springing energetic spiral the meandering flowing line sinking to the horizontal or the sharp opposition and thrust of rectangular the nervous resistance of broken curves the flame-like triumphant ascending verticals truly the designer may find a great range of expression within the dominion of pure line line is indeed as i have before termed it a language a most sensitive and vigorous speech of many dialects which can adapt itself to all purposes and is indeed indispensable to all the provinces of design in line line may be regarded simply as a means of record a method of registering the facts of nature of graphically portraying the characteristics of plants and animals or the features of humanity the smooth features of youth or the rugged lines of age it is capable of this and more also since it can appeal to our emotions and evoke our passionate and poetic sympathies with both the life of humanity and wild nature as in the hands of the great masters it lifts us to the heavens or bows us down to earth we may stand on the seashore and see the movement of the falling waves the fierce energy of the storm and its rolling armament of clouds glittering with the sudden zigzag of the lightning or we may sink into the profound calm of a summer day when the mountains defined only by their edges wrapped in soft plains of mist seem to recline upon the level meadows like titans and dream of the golden age and of of line and form chapter one of line and form by walter crane read for librivox by sue anderson